Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring interviews with people or couples uh, where I sit with them and have a conversation with them about their experiences with a sexually transmitted infection. Today, I have Sean with me. Sean is how old? 37. 37? Damn, dude, you look like, like 30. I know, isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good genes, my man, good genes. And Sean, where you from? Uh, New York. Oh, you're from New York? Yeah, like Western New York. Okay. I thought you uh, moved to New York from somewhere. Did you live somewhere else? I lived in, uh, I moved out in North Carolina for a little bit. Oh, okay, but, okay. Uh, what yeah, were you in North Carolina yeah, for? I'm from, you... I'm from uh, New York. I was in North Carolina for like four months. Oh, okay. You're just yeah. living out there. And... Yeah, just kind of bouncing around, checking out the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, your ethnicity? Uh, Caucasian. Okay. And then your uh, relationship status? Uh, single. Sexual preference. Single, di- divorced, single, whatever. All right. And then sexual yeah. preference. All females. Okay. All right. I think that covered all the stuff. I haven't done one of those episodes in a while, like I was just telling you earlier, because a lot of the episodes <laughs> that I've done uh, last month were all centered around, like, STU- STD Awareness Month. So I spoke yeah. with a lot of, like, health organizations and uh, people who were, like, more so promoting safer sex. Uh, so I, it's nice to be able to have one of these just, like, conversation so uh if i get sidetracked or anything uh apologize to the listeners because it's just exciting to be able to have these genuine conversations um and there's so much more to these than just i have herpes i have hiv whatever and then like going through the experiences around it because there's so much that you can take away from listening to the various guests everyone has their own unique journey and we're using this as more so a platform for them to express what their experiences were to help guide people who are living with the condition through their own journey as well as encourage people who may not be living with an sti to be more open and accepting to those who are so sean what is your condition i have hsv2 all right and how long were you diagnosed uh, i was i was 19 i believe it's about been about 18 years oh damn and yeah, when you were diagnosed <laughs> when when you were diagnosed what tell us about what was going on in that time were you in a relationship um i was in a new relationship at the time um i had moved in with a girl relatively quickly and uh you know everything was second girl I had ever slept with you know everything was all peachy I'd come out of my long-term high school relationship and met this girl and uh you know life just seemed great I was working in a restaurant I was just kind of chilling in life um, you know young 19 being stupid um but the girl that I was dating was seeing other people that I didn't know about and uh you know one day I just woke up with this lovely gift on me so and let me ask you this, because there are people, for some reason, seem to think that they can look at someone and tell whether or not they have herpes or if they're nasty or whatever. She obviously didn't give off this vibe, but did she look like someone who had herpes, whatever that means? No, no. And it's, you know, it kills me when people say that because, um, you know, there's I actually just had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with somebody that, um, you know, somebody was messing. One of my friends was messing around on Tinder. And I just I made a joke and I was like, oh, Yo, you're going to end up with herpes. And uh <laughs> And she's like, well, no, the, the guy that I'm going to see doesn't look like the type of person. And I said, I was like, really? I said, what does that type of person look like? She's like, well, you know, you can just, you can just kind of tell. And I'm like, can you really? She's like, yeah. You're like, you know, you just kind of get that sense from somebody. Like you just, he just, he just doesn't seem like he has it. Tell me you and told I'm, her. <laughs> Please. I didn't tell her at the time. There were some extenuating circumstances with uh, another friend of mine. So I didn't, I didn't help myself at that point. Yeah. But, uh, it was really a perfect learning opportunity and I wish I had because um, I've, I've outed myself so many times throughout life. It, it doesn't bother me, but when it's going to affect somebody else, I tend to stay away from it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah. you know, I was seeing, I was seeing someone at the time for a little bit that was a mutual friend of ours. So I didn't want to put her out there like that. Uh-huh. I understand. So, yeah. So when you were diagnosed, you said you were seeing someone, how did you, well, you woke up with the gift um yeah. what was next you obviously um, ran the urgent you know, care what's that did you run the urgent care no no oh. i didn't um you know it was really weird my initial outbreak was small um i wasn't quite sure what it was i had a feeling what it was 
um, at the time, you know, I tried telling myself, you know, it's just, uh, maybe I just, <laughs> you know, in the spot that it was, it wasn't like I could have just caught myself on something, but I tried telling myself, you know, maybe I just, maybe I just caught myself on something. Zipped but, it uh, up or something. Yeah. <laughs> Walked past the chainsaw too close or something. But, uh, uh, no, it was, um, you know, I get, I see the spot and I'm like, oh, this is no big deal. You know, I'm, it could be herpes. It could be anything. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the doctor and get tested. Um, the girl I was seeing at the time didn't say anything about it. She didn't seem to find it to be a big deal whatsoever. Um, but, you know, I went and got tested, went to the doctor. I, it was my first checkup ever. You know, I was young and kind of irresponsible. I didn't really, I guess not irresponsible. It was my second girl I'd ever been with. But, um, you know, I, I hadn't been tested for anything before that. Oh, okay. And uh, she, which I... Throw this out there to be responsible in life. You definitely should be getting tested regularly. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of the way people live their lives in the world today. It's definitely a good idea to get tested regularly. Yeah. But um, anyways, um, so I went to the doctor. I got tested, and I got I'll never forget. It was a Tuesday morning. Um, I got a call at about eight o'clock in the morning. I must have been lucky caller number one that they reached out to that day, first thing in the morning. And, um, you know, they just called me up and they said, hey, is this Sean? I said, yeah, there's so-and-so from the Men's and Women's Health Clinic. And, uh, you know, they said, you tested positive for HSV2, which is genital herpes. And they're like, if you want to come in and talk about it. You know, they were so nonchalant about it. If you want to come in and talk about it, you know, we have counselors here and we have information for you. And I was just like, you know, I was still waking up. I'm like, uh, what? Right. <laughs> like, Hang up the phone, place. go back to sleep, wake up. and like, <laughs> did I just have a dream? <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, they were just they explained it to me and my initial reaction was anger. You know, I was pretty pissed. Um, and it's the second partner too. That's what really sucks. Yeah. yeah. And that's a crazy, like I wasn't out sleeping around. I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't being a man whore or anything. I wasn't going out. I didn't party at the time. I didn't drink. I didn't do any drugs. Um, you know, I was a 19 year old, uh, tattooed punk kid. I loved concerts. I loved going out and having fun with my friends. And, you know, I was pretty, of a hopeless romantic but um you know i wasn't if you put people in a stereotype with people who have stds and herpes and whatnot everybody thinks it's just these dirty people that are out sleeping around it's not the case yeah um you know i was just a kid that was with my second partner that i was dating mm -hmm. and, and do you know if she knew that she had um, it you know she swore when I confronted her about it. Um, she swore that it didn't come from her, of course, naturally. You know, I had caught her cheating on me. I mean, basically, almost like actually caught her cheating on me physically. Um, might as well have, but it was, uh, she didn't admit it, but at the same time, she had no problem continuing to sleep with me even while I had the outbreak. Yeah, and that kind of tells me, like, oh, well, I have it too. Like, that's yeah, what I would like make if, the assumption. If she of. knows that I have it and has no concern with sleeping with me while I have an active outbreak, um, she knew she had it. Yeah. So, uh. you know, and in hindsight, you know, I I had heard lots of things, and, uh, you know, I didn't, for lack of better terms, maybe I should have, I don't want to say listen to my friend, because it's not that you shouldn't give somebody a chance that has something like that, but I would have been a little more careful, and I would have talked to her about it first. Mm-hmm. But, you know, given her nature, I don't think she was a very honest person anyways, so. Yeah. And in hindsight, you would say that she wasn't a very honest person. But, like, at yeah. the moment, obviously, you don't necessarily yeah. know that. Yeah, in the moment, yeah, you don't know, you know, in the moment, most people in general in the world, you want to see the good in people, you know, you don't go out looking for the worst people you can find. Right. <laughs> you know, most people want to find the good in people, and they want to trust the person they're with, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, herpes is a, it's a tough topic to talk about for a lot of people, mm -hmm. so. And it shouldn't be, because we have sex, but we don't talk about sex often, yeah. and then STIs are just like an inevitable possibility when you get it you, when you are having sex and even more likely when you aren't necessarily communicating about sexual health because i mean i said this in a number of episodes i can't remember how many girls i've asked do you have an std when's the last time you were tested i can't remember like my method of testing prior to getting herpes actually even after getting herpes was didn't when my previous partner went in for her annual women's exam did she call me and say she had an sti like, that was how I used my, like, that was my radar for whether or not I had anything. 
And yeah. I know that that's been the case with a lot of guys. Like, oh, she doesn't have anything. That was the last person I slept with, so I don't have anything. Because yeah. when I did go in to get tested, they put that Q-tip in my dick hole, and I was like, <laughs> that is not pleasant at all. Yeah. But it's it's I mean, just... I've, I've never had that experience, thankfully. Oh. Um, but I did, when I actually, when I tested positive for herpes, and I've heard this is pretty common as well, um, I actually tested positive for chlamydia at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a... It was kind of a double whammy at the time, but you know, back then it wasn't any big deal. I know nowadays, I think they, uh, what they give you like a series of antibiotics or whatever, but back then they just gave you like this horrible tasting powder drink and you drink it and the chlamydia is supposed to be gone within like 24 to 48 hours. But, okay. um, you know, it was, it was kind of a double whammy, but you know, I just, like I do with a lot of things in life, I took it in stride and, uh, I went through a bit of an angry period, but it wasn't. You know, I know a lot of people struggle with their initial diagnosis. Yeah. Um, I've been in contact with a lot of people, and I've helped counsel people through their initial diagnosis. And mm-hmm. uh, I know the struggle that people go through. Yeah. Um, you know, everything from anger to just pure rage to depression to, you know, severe anxiety. And it all kind of whirls together sometimes. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough, I guess, maybe because of my outlook on life in general, I didn't experience a lot of that other than the anger. But, um, you know, I, it was an interesting time period, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I never you... Looked, I never thought my dating life was over, but I knew it was going to be challenging moving forward. Yeah. Um, when you, so. uh, you... So you continued an intimate relationship with this girl after diagnosis, right? Yeah, um, which was... I mean, is it stupid or is it just easy and convenient? Like, it's convenient yeah. to not have the talk. It's convenient yeah. to, well, you know, we don't, not to say that you didn't use condoms, but this is just a thought that would happen. Like, oh, well, now we don't have to use condoms as long as yeah. you're on birth control. We don't have anything to worry about. So yeah. we both have this. It is what it is. Like, we can get what we need from each other. So what, so obviously that may be what continued the relationship, but ultimately what ended it? Um, what ultimately ended it was me finally taking a step back and realizing that I didn't want to be with someone that was going to be cheating constantly. You know, we hit, um, you know, the, the cheating more so than the herpes was the, the catalyst for our relationship falling down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it did take a while because, you know, like you said, I guess I've, I've thought about it several times that we did stay together for a little while on and off. And I mainly because it was convenient, you know, obviously we both had it. Um, and she still to this day wouldn't admit having it, but she obviously had it. Um, (laughs) um, but you know, it's, uh, it does feel almost convenient. And when you're, when you're a decent person and you know, you're going to have to move forward in life, explaining this to people and, um, you know, having this talk anytime you want to be with somebody, whether it's anything from a fling to a relationship to one night stand, whatever, um, you know, you should responsibly have this talk with people. And I was like, shit, if I can just keep this girl, like, I don't have to have this talk. Yeah. No matter what misery I was going through at the time. But at at that point I hadn't had the talk with anybody. So I didn't realize, um, (laughs) how many different aspects to having that talk there are and how many different ways it can go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so she was convenient for a while, I guess, to say the, uh, bluntly. (laughs) So when you finally ended that, um, I mean, what else was happening around your life too? So at this point you were, we're going to say early twenties when you ended the relationship. Yeah, it was, I mean, it went on for, I probably, the relationship probably finally ended like within the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had, we had still hooked up a couple times after that, but the relationship officially ended like within the next year. So I was probably 20 or yeah. 20 years old. So what gave you the courage to decide to end that relationship and just move on. So you got tired of the cheating, you were fed up with it, you leave yeah. that, and now you go out into the world where now you have to have that uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't really think, honestly, I didn't think much about it initially. Um, you know, I knew I had to have conversations, but I was also, uh, back then, the resources, age myself here, the resources weren't quite as available. Um, as far as online goes and whatnot. And I, I took my doctor at their word when I went in and had my counseling done. Um, and they told me that I couldn't pass on HSV if I didn't have an active outbreak, um, which is extremely wrong. Um, so I, the first relationship after her, um, 
you know, I made the mistake of not disclosing. And it was, it was terrible. It was a horrible experience in my life because I, listening to my doctor, we all want to believe that our doctor's telling us the truth. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, <laughs> I went forward with my life and I was like, oh, I don't have an outbreak, so I don't have to tell this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sucked because I did end up passing it on. And it was an absolutely heart-wrenching experience for me. Um, the girl still to this day won't talk to me, and I, I wouldn't be able to talk. I wouldn't be able to explain it to her even if I tried. You know, she just thought that I was some guy with herpes that was out there fucking spreading it around. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case. You know, I was just misinformed. And that experience led me to start um, educating myself yeah. um, in depth from every possible angle I could imagine educating myself about the experience and the disease and the, you know, everything to do with it. We want to, we should be able to take our doctor's word. I mean, you didn't do anything wrong from that perspective. It's like, I'm informed now by a well-informed, educated source more so than myself. And like you said, at that point in time, resources were limited. Uh, Like you couldn't just Google is this doctor telling me the truth about herpes, how it spread, and da-da-da. So that was the most reliable resource that you had at that point in time. And unfortunately, even to this day, there are people who are still misinformed. There are people who still get that kind of conversation. Oh, well, as long as I'm wearing a condom, I can't spread it. And that's what, you know, one person that I was dating, uh, we talked about this. And she was like, oh, well, if you wear a condom, I can't get it, right? It's like, oh, that's not, there's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, I mean, you want to put on a full body condom, maybe. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta like not touch physically. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it, yeah if, I, if I wear a condom and don't touch you at all, then yeah, you're not gonna get it. So. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna sit over uh, in the corner with a condom on your yeah. safe, all right? We can just watch each other. Let's do that. Uh, but anyway, so moving yeah. on past your, uh, what was the what was the next relationship like after that? So you find out, oh, now it is possible to spread herpes even with condom use. You begin to educate yourself using the resources that were available. So at that point, like, how did it affect you moving forward knowing, oh, shit, now I, that was wrong. Now I definitely have to tell people. Uh, Moving forward was interesting because I experienced my first and uh, really my only rejection um, to this to date. Um, Man, good for you. Well, it it was weird because... I learned from this, you know, I was very nonchalant in my, um, in my disclosing. Um, I had started seeing this girl. We'd seen each other for about two weeks, which back then seemed like a lifetime. Um, you know, we're seeing each other for like two weeks and, uh, she rumors. I was very open when I found out, I mean, I was very, very open with all my friends. And of course, rumors started spreading around the town. I came from a very small town. So all of a sudden everybody around my town knew. And, you know, my friends knew, you know, quote, friends. And um, they ended up pulling this girl aside. Um, and one, these two girls that I was friends with uh, pulled her aside at a party one night. I had gone to the restroom or something. They pulled her aside and they were like, hey, you don't want to be with him. He's dirty. And I found that out a couple days later. You know, the part, I came back out. I met up with her and like the party continued on like no big deal you know to that point all we had really done was kiss we hadn't done anything else um and over a couple of weeks you know i kept on hearing people talking about it or hearing about people talking about me and this girl and someone was like one of my friends we had a mutual friend one of my friends pulled me aside one night he's like hey just so you know like everybody's telling her that you have this and they're like, so you, you have to have this conversation with her. And I'm like, I know. And I'm like, that's like, we haven't slept together. Like, I'm going to have this conversation on my own time. People, I don't care what other people say. They can say what they want. Yeah. Um, you know, it's my own, um, I don't know if dignity is a word I want to use. It's my, it's my choice mm-hmm. to tell people when I want to tell people and to be responsible about it. And she, one night we were at a party and I was like, hey, we need to go for a walk and let's, let's have a talk. So we go walking down the road, I look out in the country, and we're just walking, having this nice conversation. And I said, listen, I said, I know a lot of people have been telling you a lot of stuff about me. And she's stopping right there, and she's like, oh, no, no, I know. And she's like, you know, I've, I've had people tell me stuff that you have this, and you have, or you have that. And she's like, but I know it's not true, so, you know, I just kind of ignore it. Ah. And I was like, well, about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so... So I disclosed to her, you know, I told her, I'm like, listen, I do have herpes, it's HSV2, and I'm like, I completely understand if you 
don't want to continue this relationship. I said, that's why I haven't tried to pursue anything further sexually with you. Um, but, you know, if you want to talk about it, I would love to talk about it. You know, if you want to just sit down and chat, we can chat. Or if you just want information and, you know, this ends here, then it ends here. You know, it's, you know, the, the fact of the matter is in disclosing is a lot of us that have it. Like, we wouldn't have chosen to get this if we had the choice. Yeah. Um, and some of us do get it by choice. Um, you know, we meet somebody that we absolutely fall in love with and, you know, this isn't a big deal. So, you know, you kind of accept that it comes along with it, but, um, her way of dealing with it, you know, she was young as well. I was, I think I was 20 still, maybe 21 and she was, she was 18 or 19. Um, after we finished out that night, we walked back to the party. We had a great night together. Um, and she told me that she very much wanted to continue seeing me. She didn't have a problem with it. And then the next, from that next morning forward, I'd never heard from her again. Mm never heard a word completely ghosted as the cool kids would say nowadays um, <laughs> but uh yeah it was um it was an interesting experience it was hard to handle at the time um because it was it was a form of rejection it was about as pleasant a rejection i guess as you can get i mean aside from somebody just saying hey i'm not cool with it but i hope we can still be friends mm. you know she just chose to run from it which you know that was her choice it is what it is it wasn't like we were invested in like a long relationship or anything, but it was an it was an eye opener for me, and it also made me realize that um, it was pretty easy to tell people. Um, I mean, it's it's difficult to build up the courage to do it, but once you get past that first disclosure, um, you start learning how to speak to people about it. Um, I learned that if you don't approach it like it's the end of the world, people won't think it's the end of the world. Yeah. That's if you a, that's an important... like it's the end of the world, like if you break down sobbing and you're like, I have this disease, uh, you know, people are going to, they're going to look at you and be like, holy shit, this is what it's like to have herpes. Yeah. Like they don't, you can't make it seem like the end of the world because that's what people are going to think. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes how we feel about it for ourselves, we, we want to disclose to other people so much sooner than we want to disclose to ourselves. And yeah. until you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I have herpes and see how you really feel about it, you really can't expect someone else to feel the way you want them to feel about it. If you don't feel that way, if you want someone to be warm and accepting and understanding about it, then you have to be warm and understanding to yourself and accepting of yourself as to how that feels, what that means. Because for everyone, it means something different. Some people get outbreaks once a month or have ongoing outbreaks. Some people get outbreaks once. And with, obviously, that affects those two groups of people in various ways, uh, completely different. But at the same time, you have to really develop an understanding for what having herpes means for yourself and then what it could potentially mean for the person you plan on disclosing to. And then you have to also evaluate the relationship. You know, what is it that you possibly want out of this? What do you, do you know what you want? Is this going to be a short-term thing, long-term thing? But regardless, like how, just as you said, how we present it to the other person is going to really influence the way that they feel about it. Now, they could have a strong opinion on it and have one of their core values as, I will not date someone with an STD. And if that's the case, and you know that that person isn't for you at all, because nine times out of 10, well, 10 times out of 10, the person or people you're supposed to be with or want to be with either also have it or they're accepting of it. So someone who's not accepting of it, you're just not supposed to be with. Yeah, it's very, it's extremely true. And, uh, you know, I can't drive home. You said something about looking in the mirror there, and it's something that I've talked about in support groups. And, um, you know, I've, I've brought it up multiple times. I highly encourage people that have been diagnosed to become comfortable with the word herpes. Um, you know, so many people shy away from even saying it, even when they get, even when they disclose, they're like, oh, well, I have, you know, they try to skirt around it. Well, I have HSV or I have HSV too. And people are like, well, what's that? And then you say the word herpes, and they're like, oh, like, I've talked to medical professionals before that didn't know what HSV, my last checkup at the doctor, I went in and they're, they were like, well, do you have anything not on the list? Because HSV wasn't on the list. And I'm like, well, I have HSV too. And my doctor looked at me and she's like, what's that? I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, I, oh, it was it was an interesting experience. But I like messing with people a little bit too. I, I have some fun with it. But, um, but yeah, I encourage people to sit down, take some time 
you know, lock yourself in a closet with a little tiny light and a mirror if you want to. Yeah, kind of like this. Kind of like where I'm recording from. (laughs) Right. And it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm speaking very openly right now. I'm in a new apartment. Um, It's, I was, I felt the butterflies going through my stomach, like the nervous butterflies, because I'm in like a studio apartment. I know my neighbors can hear me. I'm in a building with six other apartments. I know people can hear me in the hallway. My windows are wide open to the street. I know people outside can hear me talking. And, um, you know, I'm still 18 years later. I go through my own levels of comfort and working through my levels of comfort. Yeah. And um, but I a... encourage people to, to look in a mirror and say the phrase, I have herpes. And you're going to sit there and you're going to laugh and you're going to cry and you're going to get angry. And yeah. you just go th- run through the emotions because if you want someone else to be comfortable with it, you have to be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect someone to be comfortable with something that you're not comfortable with yourself. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the key to disclosing. That's the key itself is developing an understanding for how you feel about it. And that feeling is going to constantly change. You're going to constantly grow until you get to a point of acceptance where you're just like, okay, you know, this honestly in the grand scheme of things and everything that goes on in life is almost irrelevant, you know, outside of, if you want to hook up, now it's a little more challenging to hook up. If you want a long-term partner, now you have to go through more of a filtering process and set up boundaries. Yep. But all of this really comes down to how you look at yourself, how you present yourself to the world. Like, that's what I often talk about, what herpes did for me. It was a fucking speed bump. Like, it was a reason for me to slow down and evaluate other things that were going on in my life. Okay, it didn't hit me right away upon diagnosis, but after almost waking up a few years later and having to go back out into the dating world, it's like, okay, well, wait, why is dating a priority for me when I don't have my shit together? How about we start getting our shit together? And then as I began to get my shit together, looking at different issues that I had to work through and the things that I'd been ignoring that were easily, um, I could easily deflect them and point the finger at something else or point the finger at herpes. But ultimately what herpes did was shine a light on those things that I needed to work on. And then once those got things got worked on herpes purpose, I guess, kind of just diminished. And so now I know, all right, these are the things that I need to constantly be working on about myself. And herpes is just kind of in the back burner now. Yeah. It's important to build up a confidence in other areas in your life because I mean, we can all there. I've seen people, you know, talk about herpes and talk about how it doesn't bother them and this and that and i think i think a lot of people put up this wall um you know i to me it's a little alarming if somebody truly isn't bothered by it um because it is something serious that it's a serious part of your life it is a lifelong serious part of your life and it's something to be taken into consideration because you have to be respectful of other people um you know but some people may not some people may not take it the same way like some people are literally suicidal over it. Some people are just like, yeah, I mean, I got herpes and now I have to talk to people. So, and some people like myself use humor to, I mean, I've, I've made jokes in restaurants with waitresses and, you know, I've, I've had some pretty funny experiences with disclosing <laughs> to complete strangers, but yeah. Um, I think one of the funniest things uh, that's happened to me was like someone left a full drink at a table and I was talking to my friends. I was like, I should drink that. I mean, I already got herpes. And then everyone just <laughs> dies laughing. <laughs> yeah. I had, um, I was in a restaurant one day and I, I dropped a French fry on the floor. Now, I mean, I worked in construction for years and I mean, I'm not afraid to put a French fry from the floor in my mouth and I've, I probably had far worse in my mouth. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, so I pick up this French fry, but the waitress is walking back to our table and the two friends I was sitting with at the time, they knew that I had herpes. So the waitress is walking back over to the table and I go to put the fry in my mouth and she looks at me, she goes, ew, you're not going to eat that, are you? And I looked at her and I said, well, it depends. Does your restaurant floor have herpes? She goes, ew, I hope not. And I looked at her and I said, eh, fuck it, I already do. And I stuck the fry in her mouth. <laughs> she just looks, she looks at me completely dumbfounded. Yeah. And I just look at her and I said, I'm serious, I really do. I'm like, can I get another drink, please? <laughs> she just walked away with this look on her face and she comes back over. And she was like, were you serious about that? And I'm like, yeah, I was serious. She's like, she gave me a me too. She's like, so do I. And I was like... Oh, shit. Which happens a lot more often than people would think. And it's just like, the 
everyone's so scared to tell people. It's like if you were to pick, statistically speaking, I forget what it is. It's one in six has one type, one in five another, and one in four in the location. The, the statistics are all over the place. So I don't like to reference them much. But if you, let's say to be safe, say to seven people, I have herpes, at least one of them is going to also have herpes, whether they know it or not. Had they gotten tested for herpes, one of those seven people at least is going to be able to come back to you and say, I have it too. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, and like you said, you know, the statistics really are all over the place. But I can tell you in the last year alone, um, I have disclosed to um, three people that were just friends of mine, just in general conversation, three of which came back with me too. Um, you know, there's the discrepancy. People people don't seem to believe that HSV-1 or oral herpes or cold sores or whatever you want to call it is the same. Um, but, you know, having herpes is having herpes. You know, yeah. you have herpes or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I also um, disclosed to two partners that both came back with me twos. Um, so it was interesting. I'm, I'm basically batting 100 for the last year <laughs> with <laughs> people coming back with a me too story. Yeah. But, um, and, it, it, you know, that also comes down to um, a lot of people think that if we have herpes, we have to find somebody else that has it. So there's some people that are very, very vehement about staying within the community, dating and whatever else you choose to do sexually, staying in the community. Um, there's some people that almost make it a crusade to only date people that don't have it because they want to prove to, maybe they want to prove to themselves that they can still beat meet somebody that herpes isn't going to run their life that's one that i haven't heard can you talk a little I've, bit more about that one i have i've heard i've heard several people that are very you know i won't date in the community i don't want somebody to accept me simply because i have herpes because okay. they have it as well that that makes um, sense so it's almost like i don't want to settle for a just a pool of people who i know are only yeah who accept yeah, me for this aspect and may not look at the other parts of me. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I think that's exactly what it comes down to. I think some of it also is kind of like a conquest for some people. They want to, uh, convert someone, <laughs> almost, almost convert someone. They want somebody to be willing to convert for them. You know, they want to feel that worth. Yeah. And, um, you know, that comes down to a very important aspect of disclosing and trying to find somebody when you have herpes is, uh, you know, we're, we're so hell-bent on looking for somebody that's going to accept us. And we forget that we have to find somebody that we are going to accept. Yes. I love that you said they, that. I love that they, you said that. There's so many different aspects of life. And, yeah, herpes can be a controlling aspect in many ways. But you could meet somebody. You could have herpes and you could meet somebody just close to them. And you, they may accept you. But, like, say you're a female and you meet a guy and they accept you they may use it as a control thing against you. They might be the biggest piece of crap in the world. Yeah. Um, just because they accept you doesn't mean that you're supposed to be with them. Mm-hmm. And then, like um, you said, you have to realize that you're accepting these people. Like, you're putting yeah. up standards and boundaries and expectations of others to meet your standards. So yeah. if you can't, like, you, you, you can't go into it with, oh, I hope this person expects me, because then you give them the power. Like, yeah. you have the power of choice. And the people that you bring into your life, the people you allow to come in deeper into your life, you give them, you know, you, you're, you're allowing that to happen. So it's important yeah. for you to understand, like, okay, this is what I want, this is what I'm looking for, and this is, what, this is what's going to happen going forward. And then just be be the person you should be for that. You know what I mean yep. by that is just like accepting yourself. Like that's what it comes down to. You know, you have yeah. an understanding for what it means for you and then you project that onto the other person. Yep. You really you have to be confident in who you are and what you deserve out of life. You can't just accept somebody because they accept you. Yeah, um, and the it's way that life. You, are, you know, you have to have standards. You have to have expectations out of people you're looking for. Um you know, there's any one of us who could go probably find a hundred people. To, if you just walk the streets of New York City tomorrow and just close to every single person, you could probably find a hundred people that will, that will accept you for it, mm-hmm. um, whether they have it or not. But they could be the biggest pieces of garbage in the world. They could be horrible people, you know. Yeah. So it's not about somebody just accepting you. You have to value your own worth. and You have to realize that while this is a controlling aspect of life, it is, I mean, it's, it's a serious part of life. It doesn't have to control your life, mm-hmm. but um, it definitely dictates 
certain aspects of life yeah. and the way you live. Um, but you have to, you have to realize your own worth and you can't just look for somebody to accept you because you're worth so much more than that. You're worth so much more than just some random person accepting you mm-hmm. because you have herpes. And there's so many other aspects of life. Just like you said, like there's, you know, herpes is just a small, a, a part of life. Yeah. And it's, there's so many other things to focus on when you're looking at a person. Like, is there not more to you? This is something that I've talked to someone about recently because they were like, who's going to accept me for this? And he's like, well, don't you have other things to be accepted for? Like, is this where all yeah. your value is and yourself as a confident sexual being? Like, what about your intelligence? What about the other things that you have going on? What about your values, your goals? What about your uh, contributions to the world? You know, these are the things that we should focus on in determining who a person is or who we are presenting ourselves to be more so than I, I have herpes. Oh, okay. You're okay with that. Now let me bring you, let me present to you everything else that I am. You know, it's interesting. I had, um, you know, I well, I won't say obviously because we haven't even talked about this yet, but, you know, I moved on. I moved forward in life after, um, you know, the dating experiences and whatnot. And I eventually ended up meeting who is now my ex-wife. And, um, you know, she was very accepting of it. She was completely accepting of it. Um, and that was a huge thing. It was it was big to me. My dog's scratching, and making some weird noise <laughs> out here. Um, but she, uh, she, you know, she was super accepting of it, and I thought that was awesome. And uh, we had a great relationship for a couple of years, but you know, we ended up getting divorced um, due to you know she was unfaithful. And so it turns out, you know, I, I was so excited to be accepted by this person who I, you know, eventually fell in love with. But again. Um, she turned out to be a not, not a very good person. Um, and I got thrown back into the dating world at the age of, what was I, 34, 33 or 34, you know, very unexpectedly when you get married, you don't expect to get divorced. Right. So getting thrown back out into the dating world, um, and looking for someone, it was, it was almost like starting over for me. It was a new, it was a learning experience. I had gone, you know, seven years without having to worry about disclosing to anybody or talking to anybody about this unless I chose to because I was educating. Um, I didn't have to worry about the romantic aspect of it and finding a partner. And I had to learn how to accept myself all over again. And I went through, you know, obviously a tough time in life with the divorce, but I started, um, like we talked about earlier, you start building your confidence in other areas in life and realizing that um, we have so much more to offer. And we have, sometimes we have to come to a realization as to what we have to offer. But uh, I started taking care of myself um, very, almost religiously, physically, um, you know, fitness and nutrition, and uh, which I have noticed um, has helps diminish the outbreaks a tremendous amount for me. Started eating broccoli. Um, what's that? Yeah, broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> that broccoli. Some super greens. Um, those kale shakes. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, you know, and then I briefly dated somebody probably two years ago now um i've been divorced for just over three and i tried getting back into the dating game and the first girl that i tried getting serious with i went out on a date with and i disclosed her the first night we just went out for coffee and i disclosed to her and she had no idea what it was what i was talking about um but she was very interested to learn more um you know she didn't reject it she didn't we ended up dating for a couple of months um but this is another part here where what I'm getting at is learning your worth and what you're willing to accept in life because she struggled with me having it. She was constantly worried about getting it. It was almost this like emotional back and forth, um, this game back and forth. Not that she was meaning to play one. I'm sure she was very conflicted. Like we would sleep together and then a couple of days later she'd be worried like, oh my God, am I going to have this now? And then the next day she'd calm down and she's like, Oh, you know, I like you for who you are. It's not a big deal. And then, you know, we'd sleep together again. And, you know, a few couple weeks later, she'd freak out again. And after a couple of months of this back and forth, I finally sat her down and I was like, listen, you know, I can't do this. Like if we're going to date, you have to be okay with the fact that this could happen. This could become a part of your life. And this back and forth 
like, I like you, but I can't handle this emotional back and forth, like, constantly. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to feel terrible now if you end up with it and you're not emotionally prepared for this. Mm -hmm. And Um, essentially what you had to ask her is, are you okay with getting herpes? And she's not able to say yes or no. And one of the thing, and sometimes you can tell people too, like even if they say yes, you can tell if they really are okay with it. Mm-hmm. And it did take me, you know, we dated for a little while and we, the back and forth made me realize that she wasn't okay with it. She was not prepared. She was not ready mentally for it. And, um, you know, I had to end that relationship before it got to that point. Yeah. And, you know, she went and got tested after we got done with the relationship and she didn't she did not test positive for it, which I was thankful for. She was thankful for it. We remain good friends to this day. Good. Um, good. But it was, you know, it was a tumultuous time and mm-hmm. it was part of my learning to accept it again. That's such a, that's such an important point too, because, you know, there's, there's so many responses to that as well. Someone being accepting and then, you know, you know, on an intuitive level, like you can sense that they're not okay with it, but then being like, Okay, well, they said they were okay with it, so that's what I'm going with. And then just clinging on to that relationship as unhealthy as it can be because had you guys been in the relationship, how much of yourself would you be losing or sacrificing as a result of that mental drain that she's putting on you by being so back and forth about it, having to constantly console her about it or reassure her or like provide her with something that's not true, which is she wants to know that she can't get it. And yeah. you're not willing to compromise your intel, your uh, intelligence, <laughs> your integrity <laughs> uh, as a decent human being to, to tell her, like, you're not going to lie to her and be like, well, you yeah. know, we're going to do these things and you're not going to get it. So it's important for people to understand and realize that when you have that feeling, nine times out of ten, you really should go with it, that that person may not be okay with it. And sometimes we have to make the hard decision. We have to be selfless in being willing to end an intimate relationship and giving up on one of our needs or something that it is that we want in order to protect someone else's, uh, you know, their mental state, their emotional state and their, their health. We also have to yeah. be mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We have to be very mindful of that. And, um, you know, we've, we used the phrase earlier, you know, being about a decent human being and you have to, you know, any decent human being is going to look at it that way. And it's, it can be tough. I mean, I'm not saying someone's not decent because they don't approach it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying is you really have to look within yourself and you like passing it on to somebody. Um, you know, you have to live with that as well for the rest of your life. Like whether your relationship works out or not, um, it's something you have to be prepared for. I don't mean you have to live with it. Like it's some horrible, horrible thing, but you, you have to be prepared for that. Um, cause you, we all remember how we feel when we first got diagnosed or we, when we found out and chances are that other, someone else is feeling that exact same way, maybe worse. Um, you know, maybe better depends on how they take it, but you know, when there are people in this world that just don't see it as a big deal at all, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, that, that kind of frightens me in a way, but that's me. That's my experience with it. That's my um, take on it. So yeah well man dude we've been surprisingly it's been 43 minutes now we've been talking (laughs) so this is great this is great seriously (laughs) um i'd like to leave us with uh i'd like to leave the listeners with maybe one takeaway for you uh in your experience what has been the most useful uh tool in your recovery through the emotional process like what's helped you uh become accepting and get to the place where you are right now about you're openly talking to others about it. You're counseling people who are newly diagnosed and giving them advice. So, you know, I know what you're saying because we both talk to newly diagnosed people. So for a newly diagnosed person, like what do you encourage them to do more than anything in order to Um, get to the place where you are now being as open and accepting of it and being able to talk about it to other people? Yeah. When by um, say it, when I say it, I mean herpes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my, my biggest piece of advice that I would give anybody, and it's something that I just recently experienced in the last couple of years myself, is um, reach out to your resources. Um, you know, there are there's support communities available, and I'm sure, Courtney, you're going to touch on that. Um, and you have touched on that in the past many times. But, you know, I lived for 16 years going at this on my own, seven of which I was in a relationship. But... Um, until I found these support communities, 
um, which inspired me and empowered me to be able to speak about it the way that I do now. You know, up until then, I had always used humor, always used humor to talk with people about it, um, which is kind of my, that's my thing in life. That's what I do with everything in life. I turn everything into humor, um, sometimes for deflection, sometimes for <laughs> just because, but um, reach out to resources, uh, find other people like Courtney and myself that have herpes, that have experience with it. Um, you know, you don't, I'm, I would never tell somebody don't go to your doctor, but um, talk, speaking with people that are experiencing and living the experience is so much different than sitting in a doctor's office or, you know, reading information on Google. Uh, please don't direct people to Google, <laughs> for God's sake, because <laughs> you just don't want to be like, hey, uh, go, go look at Google, Google herpes and you'll find out what it's all about. That's a bad choice. Terrible. Um, <laughs> talk with people, find the support communities. Um, there's so many people like us that are willing to speak with you, that are willing to uh, give you our experiences and help you through your own experiences and help you realize that this is not, it's not the end of life. It's not the end of dating. It's not, you can still have a family. You can still get married. You can still have kids. You can, you know, you can still live. Yeah. You're going to live through this, yeah, first of all. You're going to live through this, yeah. You, you know, some people feel like they're not going to. And, uh, you know, it's... I, I will say that I was very thankful to be as open as I was about this, even from the early stages, because somebody very close to me got diagnosed as well. And um, she was borderline suicidal over it. And I was so very thankful that she knew that I had it because mm -hmm. she came to me. And think about how many people are not, you know, who, how many people are so close yet don't know this one thing. And it's also a barrier for a deeper connection as well. So you yeah. two have more than likely gotten very close since being able to share that intimate, vulnerable detail about your life. Yeah, it's it's brought me closer to a lot of my friends. It's also made me feel, um, I don't I'm not accepted. It's made me feel just a lot more accepting of myself i've been able to be myself around people because you know we all know walking around with this we always wonder you know like if i'm walking down the street and i'm like oh man that girl over there is smoking hot but she probably doesn't want herpes so <laughs> so you know and that is it's still my first thought in my yep. head but then i said i think about it and i'm like wait a minute like she might already have it or maybe she would be cool with it who knows you know, yeah. it's made me realize that so many people are accepting of it so many people just don't care from friends to family to you know, and you'll have those people that you don't want in your life because they do care. Not because they do care, but because they're just mean about it. It's going to happen. People that like to be mean about everything in life. And you know what? Even if it's a close family member or friend, you one of the most important phrases I learned from another aspect of my life was learn to, you, it's okay to love people, but some people you have to love at a distance. Yeah, I like that. I like that and a lot. You know, you keep them not even at arm's length. Some people you need to love from another state, but, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> It's okay to love someone. Sometimes you just have to love at a distance. Love them over email. <laughs> yeah, love them over email. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so. that's all I got for you, man. Are there any closing remarks that you have or anything that you want to cover that we didn't get to speak on? Um, not really. Not that I can think of off offhand. I just want people to know that this is a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a part of life. Um, you know, something that just become comfortable with it reach out to people and do your best and, uh, you know, grieve, allow yourself to grieve and allow yourself to learn and educate yourself. And, uh, you know, you can become, you may not become like Courtney or I sitting here being able to talk about it this openly and maybe you will, but, uh, educate yourself is the most important thing and surround yourself with people that do understand because it's, it's not the end of the world. It's for me, it's become actually kind of a beautiful part of life. So, yeah. That's I'm sitting here talking with Courtney right now, and I wouldn't be, and any of you listening right now wouldn't be listening to me if I didn't have herpes. So yeah. um, it's a pleasure to be speaking, and I, I truly appreciate Courtney asking me to be on this. So I appreciate you, brother. I really do. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I've seen like a lot of your like positive posts and the positivity, and one of the reasons that I'm continuing to do this podcast is because a lot of people get to the point where you're at, 
and having been so accepting of it, go on, you know, you're living your life, you've got your business going, you've got, you know, you're dating, relationships are in order, and we just don't hear from those people. Like, you're living life. You're at the place where someone who's newly diagnosed is struggling to get to, and that's the story that they need to hear. And everyone who's been on this podcast so far, it's a journey, and they can either be directed to and guided to these uh, experiences that give them hope and they see that there's someone like them out there living a life that they possibly had, they possibly would be going for, or that they didn't even know was a possibility. Because all we see are the t terrible pictures when you Google, uh, you see the statistics, you see, you just see the worst of everything. And we don't necessarily hear from the people who've gone on in life to be at the positive place that they are and so thank you for doing what you're doing and posting that positivity to a lot of the support groups and just being a resource for people to connect with and just being a resource in general man so thank you yeah certainly no i'm, I'm happy to do it i'm more than happy to do it but one last little piece of advice i would use if you're if you go to a doctor that shames you for this find a new doctor Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I've heard that story a number of times too. Doctors shaming patients for this and just, you know, yeah. we, we don't deserve that kind of treatment. Yeah. We're people. We're just really, people. I don't need this shit. Bye. No. Right? I'll, take, I'll take my health insurance <laughs> elsewhere. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. This concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. I can be found on social media at H on My Chest. That's Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit. If you want to be on the podcast, I encourage you to reach out. Just shoot me a message. We can do this anonymously. All I do is call you via Facebook. We look at each other. I record the audio only. It's a very easy process. Um, I'm finding it to be rather therapeutic to some people who come on and share. Um, they, some people, this has been the first time that they've been able to talk about this. Others have gotten to a place where they feel like they just needed to get it off of their chest. There have been episodes I haven't even posted from people who just, you know, needed to talk about it. They heard it and they got what they needed out of it. So um, I want to continue to make this an ongoing positive resource for people who are newly diagnosed to use, for people who are struggling with their diagnosis, and for people who have not been diagnosed uh, just as an education tool to learn what it's like to have herpes if they're considering dating someone who has it or if they just want to become more informed about it so thank you all for continuing to grow this podcast and make it what it's becoming thank you for leaving the likes the shares the comments the reviews all of that is helping this podcast get into the ears of the people who need it most and connect it to the resources that they need in order to move through the emotional stages of their diagnosis so thank you all for listening till next time stay positive <laughs>